0: sheriff's office needs your help to find the killer of Cynthia Moffitt. It was on March 23rd of
1: 2006.
0: The reward leading to the person who killed a Palm Beach County woman has climbed to $25,000. Back in 2006, Cindy Moffitt was murdered during an attempted robbery. It happened at the Forest Oaks Golf Club Pro Shop in Lake Worth
1: where Moffitt was a manager. Welcome to The Lead, a podcast of law enforcement stories told to you by law enforcement officers. I'm Anthony Rodriguez.
2: And I'm Fatima Simichi.
1: So thank you all for uh, being here today. Uh, I know that it's um, it's a bit of a sacrifice just for everybody listening. We're going through an epidemic right now, and we thought that um, even though we're going through that, this was very important to do. Detective, let's start with you. Uh, we wanted to kind of give us a, an idea of how you started with this case. When did you first hear of Cynthia Moffitt?
0: Uh, Cynthia Moffitt uh, was a homicide uh, a murder investigation that happened in um, 2006. Um, at the time it was uh, worked by uh, normal members of our uh, homicide unit. Um, since that point in time uh, detectives have left the unit, uh, uh, gotten promoted, retired. Um, when that happens um, as time goes on with the case after usually uh, two to three years um, it becomes what we call a cold case. Um, the reason why we call it a cold case is because um, new cases never stop coming in, and um, the guys that work the normal, everyday homicides, um, you know, their workload keeps piling up, and it, there's less, you know, time to pick up a case that's two years old and follow up on leads at that point. Um, so it goes to um, what we what we call the cold case unit. Um, which consists of uh, four detectives. Um, And our job is to look at older cases. Actually, a box of everything um, contains, you know, recorded interviews, um, evidence lists, um, you know, scientific reports. Um, And there's also a lot that's online now, now that we're in, uh, you know, 2020, um, uh, majority of the information is being transferred to an online uh, database. Um, At that point, we go through everything. Listen to all the statements that were collected, you know, from the beginning when it first happened on March 23rd, 2006. Um, to all of the detectives that had the case and, and the statements that they collected. Um, and from there, uh, we go back and we meet with uh, all the witnesses that were present at the time and names that came up. And, you know, we re-interview them uh, to see if any additional information, you know, uh, jogs in our memory or if they possibly left something out. Another thing we do is we go back to you know, you know, as a a normal fact of life from 2006 to say now today, um, people split up. They're no longer married. They don't have the same boyfriend girlfriend. Um, We go back and re-interview all of their past relationships um, to see if any new information is you know provided.
1: Okay, so you open the file. You're you're looking at it. What do you learn? What do you know?
0: From this particular case, um, it was a murder that occurred on March 23rd, 2006, um, at a place called the Forest Oaks Golf Club, um, which is in Lake Worth, Florida, West Lake Worth, uh, near the area of uh, Lake Worth Boulevard in the Turnpike. Um, the incident happened at approximately 4.30 p.m. and involved a, uh, female named Cynthia Moffitt. She worked at the golf course, um did for quite some time it's a the golf course itself is a very small golf course a local community golf course um, has a clubhouse small restaurant bar um, she was working inside the club that time she was working alone it was toward the end of the day she was closing up shop which she does countless times over um, at that point um, individuals came in um, in order to what we believe rob the uh, cash register um during that cynthia was unfortunately shot and uh, died as a result
1: now uh can you give us more detail about um how was she shot what happened after
0: she uh at the crime scene initially there were two gunshots um she was struck twice in the chest the rounds were nine millimeter caliber. Uh, we know that by two shell casings we found inside the establishment. The counter area where the cash register was was very close to the rear door of the establishment or up of the clubhouse, which leads right out into the golf course itself. Um, behind that golf course area is a community, uh, residential community uh, called Florida Gardens. Um, Cynthia was found just outside the rear door, face down, um, where she succumbed to her gunshot wounds and was pronounced dead. Um, From her body, across the golf course, toward the direction of Florida Gardens, were um, several rolls of coins. Like if you go to a bank, you get a roll of quarters. Um, They come in a paper roll, plastic roll, depending on what bank you go to. Um, Those were found strewn across the golf course in the direction of the Florida Gardens community at the time.
2: Uh, Around what time was this again?
0: Around 4.30 p.m.
2: So it was was almost time for her to go home? Yeah, Yeah,
0: she was in the process of closing up for the day. What was her job there in the clubhouse? Her job was, like I I should classify it as a a clerk. I mean, it's a small establishment. She's probably more of a a do-all type there, Um, you know. Cash register if someone needed a box of golf tees or to pay for, you know, a round of golf, um, so forth, involved with golfing. Um, the register, um, when, law, when law enforcement got there, um, there was money still in the cash register, um, a large amount that was not taken. Um, her purse itself was there, was not rummaged through. Um, I mean, there was more than $1,000 in an envelope sitting in the register. I mean, basically in plain view that wasn't taken. So so what does that as a detective tell you? That tells me that this incident happened extremely fast. Um, It tells me that the people that did this weren't really, I guess, the word skilled. Um, This wasn't very thought out, planned, um, rehearsed. Um, almost, to me, it looks like this was a, a situation where the people involved panicked, um, you know, gunshots were fired, uh, $300 in rolled coins is what they took, and ran out dropping half of it across a golf course as they fled the scene. Um, it also appears to us that these individuals fled on foot, not in a vehicle. Um, which to us tells us that they you know, were from the area. You know, They were familiar with the Florida Gardens area. Um, there's various pathways that a lot of the younger people in the Florida Gardens community would use to cut from the residential community into the golf course. Um, the golf course itself uh, was broken into multiple times prior to this incident, uh, mostly juvenile-type stuff, vandalism, um, they would steal the golf carts, drive them around, tip them upside down. You know, typical juvenile um, shenanigans, as we call it. So, you know, we believe that it was, you know, most likely at the time, younger people that committed this. And um, just by, you know, like I said earlier, just her purse was, wasn't was rummaged through. Leaving, you know, an envelope with that you know, a 1,000-plus dollars in plain view that could have easily been grabbed and taken. Um, and to just take $300 and roll coins and drop half of them, you know, and flee the scene, it's just very sloppy at best.
1: You you indicated that this is uh, people or persons. Do you have any, um, is there any reason why you're, th- you're thinking that this may be more than one that was involved?
0: Since um, I began to investigate this case and... Um, talk you know again like I you know mentioned in the beginning, we go through everything. We talk to everybody, um, all the people um, that were initially talked to. we did uh, canvasses of the Florida Gardens community itself um, and through conversations that I've had with residents you know in the Florida Gardens community um, and a couple witnesses you know at the time, when this happened when this crime happened at 4:30 on March 23rd, 2006. A major rainstorm ensued shortly after. Um, blinding rain. Um, there was a person that was driving down Lucerne La Lakes Boulevard who reported at the time seeing a group of juveniles running across the golf course in the rain. Um, other people that I've talked to have also heard, or, you know, according, their words, you know, rumor is it was, you know, a group of juveniles from the area. Um, so we believe there was more than one and that's our opinion. And, and, you know, like I say, that's based on, you know, witness accounts and also various people that we've talked to or received anonymous tips on as well. Um, since 2006, we, there's been one thing that's been consistent, um, tips have come in anonymously and multiple tips have stated that there were three people involved and they were all young. So we believe that, you know, there was definitely more than one suspect involved.
2: So where do you guys go from there? So you know that they're young. Do you check schools nearby? Do you find out who lives in the area that have teenage boys?
0: Yes, we go, um, you know, we focus on mainly the area around it. Uh, basically, the main area around it is Florida Gardens, and at that time, You know, in 2006, there was a large amount of um, juveniles that lived in the area. Uh, There was also a large amount of juveniles that, you know, had a lot of law enforcement contact at the time. You know, like I said, the car break-ins, residential burglaries, you know, so forth. So we go and, you know, obviously talk to them, you know. You know, where were you at that time? We talked to their parents. You know, obviously these people are older now, and um, they've a lot since 2006, you know, they no longer either live in Florida or or they've left the neighborhood itself. A lot of the original homeowners in that area have since moved away. So we go back, and now we track everybody down again, no matter where they live, and we go out and, and re-talk to them. Um, and by doing that, you know, more often than not, we get more information you know even if it's a little something that they left out you know when they were talked to say in 2006 that's very helpful in an investigation like that Um, a lot of these people that we've talked to at the time especially the younger people in the the neighborhood you know they had girlfriends or boyfriends at the time and you know typical young people they don't want to say snitch on a boyfriend or a girlfriend but since 2006 these people have you know they've grown up they have their own lives and families now um we reach out to them again to see you know if they're willing to elaborate or if they did indeed leave anything out at the time and we go from there
1: now you said um that they rained pretty heavily yes um that made it a challenge to collect evidence, I assume, and
0: DNA? It made it a, a huge challenge as far as evidence collection. Um, as I mentioned, the rolled coins that were taken from inside the clubhouse, um, several were found strewn across the golf course leading toward the Florida Gardens neighborhood. Those coin packages themselves got drenched with rainwater. Um, that makes it very difficult for fingerprints. Uh, makes it very difficult for scientific you know examination of these items. Um, the body itself was in the rain. That makes it very difficult for any scientific or you know forensic gathering of evidence. As far as the inside of the golf course, um, I mean, of uh, the clubhouse that was processed, um the biggest hurdle you have there is, it's a public establishment. Um, hundreds of people in and out over the course of a month. Surfaces that aren't cleaned regularly. I mean, door handles, bathroom door handles, countertops. The large amount of DNA or fingerprints from multiple people make it uh, extremely hard to separate one from a thousand. And th- that's a hurdle when you're dealing with a, a very public place.
2: So we do not have any fingerprints or DNA? Uh,
0: nothing that would lead us toward a conclusion at this point. Um, and I'm never going to say never on that. The advancements in technology nowadays, um, from even 2006 to now, um, it's exponential. Um, the technology that's coming out is it's mind-blowing as far as what, what's being able to be done um and what is moving forward I mean the these advancements are coming at a much more rapid pace than anyone ever thought. um so am I going to say we're never going to have anything? No i 'm not going to say that um, with the advancements that are coming I mean i just don't I don't see that
2: So this comes down to someone seeing something and coming to us
0: Someone seeing something coming forward would greatly help us in this investigation. Um, As I said earlier, I believe there was more than one person involved in this. Uh, Multiple people involved in a crime, you know, if three people do something, chances are one of those three people told somebody else who told somebody else who told somebody else. We need one of those people to come forward. That would greatly help us put closure to this case.
1: You mentioned you have... uh about ten or fifteen cases on your lap, and um, I know that you come to us every year here at Media Relations, and mm-hmm. um, you you always um, ask us to do something different, something something that will get this case out there. What 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 specifically about Cynthia Moffat uh, and her case um, has resonated with you uh, so that you can keep coming to us and asking us to? The message this
0: out. case is, is unique to me. I mean, A, um, it's a true victim case. I mean, this is a girl that did not live a high-risk lifestyle. Um, she was well-liked by everybody she worked with the community. Um, she fell victim. I mean, it, this was uh, a wrong place, wrong time. I mean, this is a true victim in this case. And her family to this day still shows so much interest in in the conclusion of this case, um, and to me that really is a driving force. I mean, I feel you know at the bottom of my heart that family deserves closure in this case.
1: And speaking of the family, um, Cynthia's sister has been here with us uh, listening, um, and we thank you for being here and taking the time to to talk to us about uh, Cynthia. Um, what can you tell us about Cynthia? <clears throat>
2: well, um, we come from a large family. There are 11 of us siblings. Cynthia, Cindy, rather, that's how we call her Cindy, uh, was the fourth eldest. Um, we uh, grew up in the streets of Detroit, so she was a pretty tough girl. Looked out for me big time. Um, she had two daughters. One of them died when she was 11 months old from double Pneumonia. And she has another daughter and a grandson. But um, you know, when you come from a large family, you have got your ups and downs, and and we were definitely on an up before she died. I I went to visit her at the golf course several times, so I was familiar with the golf course uh, setting.
1: And how was she uh, growing up? And I know she was really well liked when uh, when she passed away, uh, especially from everybody who frequented the uh, the golf course. Everybody knew her, and and. Yeah. She, she had bomb. been
2: there. She had been there a while, a couple, two or three years, and um, yeah, she was always the type that if you needed something, you know, she would she would find a way to to drop everything and come come take you to the airport or come take you to the doctors or and it wasn't just family. She would do that for anybody she met. And during the hurricanes, she um, you know she cooked. The, they had a little generator going at the clubhouse, and she just cooked um, soup and meals for everybody there and. And she worked with my mother um, teaching uh, Spanish to the, I'm sorry, English to the Spanish-speaking community. Um, and uh, a lot of things through church. So she was, it was a very, very giving person. Well, um, we're very, very thankful for the Sheriff's Department for what they do. And Jeff especially has been there every time I've called. So, um, you know, they're they are there. Uh, I have I have confidence. I have confidence that something's gonna come from this case. Um, the family does, too. I mean, we deserve closure, and we do put it out there every year, and we do um, meet at the golf course every year. Um, some of my sisters don't like to do that. It it, it doesn't give them good feelings, because that's where it happened. But to me, I spent many a time there with Cindy at good times, so I have a different feeling when I go there. Um, we did plant a tree and some roses and some bushes, and we have a little stone, a marker there, so, so we go there and, and we celebrate her. I, I don't mourn anymore. Um, I celebrate her life, and it was a you know, it was a life well lived. But she had a lot more living to do. But you know, it's God's timing, so we can't you know I don't judge that or or question that. Um, but no, I mean when I when I talk to Jeff, I know I know I know what he knows. He's not holding anything back. Um, we know what's going to take somebody who knows something. Coming forward to say something to give us closure, or or give us one step closer. It may or may not happen in my life, but it'll happen. You know, everyone gets judged one way or another. So I'm a true believer in that. So yeah, I have, I have confidence.
1: So your, your message to whoever knows something, what would that be?
2: Please come forward. Um, you know, there's, there's a, there's a monetary value attached to this. There is a $25,000 reward, if that's their incentive. If their incentive is just their conscience, great, even better. Um, But you know, sometimes when people get older and then they find themselves in a similar situation, then they go, oh, maybe I'll speak up and help somebody else out, you know? So yeah, just just come forward, say something. And if you know something, say something. It's just, it's a slogan now, but it's just been true for the past 14 years because somebody out there does know
0: something.